Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in. Pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are ecstatic to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Mr. Cameron Clutters, our barista, and in just a few minutes, we'll continue our Advent Reflections Rejoice, Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. And then joining us at about 8.15 or so, our friends Deacon Doug Iglesias and Ryan Eberhardt. Both have been here in the cafe with their wives, Lisa and Mary Beth, the co-hosts of The Visitation. And they talk a lot, actually, about Deacon Doug and, and Ryan on their show. So we thought it would be a good idea to have Deacon Doug and Ryan in here to set the record straight. <laughs> That's it. And, and we're going to talk about prayer, friendship, and wherever else the Spirit leads us this morning. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. How are you? Awesome. Yeah. Do you like praying? Mm, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Thank you, Lord, for another day, for your goodness, for your blessings. We ask that you just help us to be more attentive to you today. To to know where that you are to know where you are leading us and to follow you. Help us to love our neighbor as you would have us. We offer this prayer and all of our intentions to you through the intercession of Mary and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the feast day of St. Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's from Sicily, which I don't know. I knew. I, I know the Scandinavians really celebrate uh, St. Lucy, but uh, she was actually from Sicily, martyred around the year 303. And her name, Lucia, is derived from the Latin word lux, which means light. Oh, yeah. Light. There you go. There you go. She's the one that is typically depicted with her eyes on a platter. Is that correct? That's right. That is exactly <laughs> right. At uh, St. Patrick's, we um, would celebrate um, All Saints Day with uh, the kids dressing up as their favorite saints. And it turned into a stump the friar. So you uh, you would have that Dominican friar sitting there or you know the pastor or a couple of the friars. Uh, and then the kids would come up to them and the friar would have to guess the saints. So we got into some pretty obscure saints over over the over the years, but I, I remember one little girl, yeah, approached with a a platter with two eyeballs on it. <laughs> <laughs> so very cute in a very Catholic way. Mm-hmm. So and Dave, today is National. Yeah, I was just gonna tell you a National Ice Cream Day. I knew you'd be a big fan. Yes, <laughs> I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah, it's already back around. Can you believe it? <laughs> Insane. Insane. You know what I learned today? What's that? Well, it says it says the first invention of ice cream was in 500 BC. You want to know what it was? <laughs> 500 BC. <laughs> yeah. Did it involve... Well, I guess that would be after mastodons, so it wouldn't be 
I'm just trying to think back. <laughs> so Mastodon milk, maybe? Uh, I'm not no? sure what that is, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Amanda. Okay, grape juice <laughs> over snow. Not so much sure if you can call that ice cream, but that's what's stated here. Okay. Yeah. So it's more of a snow cone. Seems like it. <laughs> Which is fine. But we should celebrate today. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's also something that a national day of something that pairs quite nicely with ice cream. I think I saw it was also National Cocoa Day. Yeah. So there you go. Mm. Bring it together, friends. How about Deacon? Welcome to the studio, the St. Gabriel Cafe. Great to have you with us. Blessing to be here, guys. Do you want to join in on our Advent reflection? That'd be great. Outstanding. Today is Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. Of the second week of Advent, and we're continuing our reflection with Father Mark Toops. And this way, this week is um, focused on Joseph's love for Mary. So, how does Joseph love Mary? So, Cam, take it away. Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father Mark writes, Yesterday, we saw that during the first Advent, Mary was dealing with a lot that was different than what she expected. Considering what was in Mary's heart, today we ask, how did Joseph love her? Joseph provided a safe space for Mary. She felt not only physically provide uh, physically but also emotionally because she knew that Joseph only wanted to will the good for her. She felt safe with him because she trusted that Joseph would protect her purity. She felt safe with him because she trusted that Joseph would listen to her heart and more importantly he would listen to the voice of the Lord. Mary then could be herself without fear or the need for self-protection. She could rest in Joseph's presence with all that was in Mary's heart that first Advent, Joseph was the safest place in the world. By its very nature, the feminine heart longs to be protected, longs to be fought for. A woman longs to reveal her beauty. However, she needs to feel safe. She intuitively knows that she is not safe when she is not being heard, seen, or received. She senses when she is being objectified, and when she, when the motives behind one's look are impure. But Joseph was safe. Mary never questioned his motives, his purity, or his receiving her. Joseph's emotional and spiritual maturity led him to be present to the present moment. He was present to Mary, and therefore she felt seen and heard. Each of us can read today's reflection from our particular place in life. If Joseph could speak to every husband, he might say, God has called you to be the safest place in the world for your wife. When she is vulnerable, hurting, or struggling, she should feel safer with you than with any other person. This requires strength, a strength that comes from interior maturity rather than muscle, intensity, or financial achievement. To be a real man requires that a man first conquer himself before he seeks to conquer the world. If Joseph could speak to every parent, he would say that God has called you to provide a safe place for your children. When they question or struggle or fail, 
God longs for your home to be a safe place for your children to mature through the messiness of life. All of us, regardless of our vocation, are called to provide a safe place for others, especially during this season of Advent. We are called to live in the present moment. We are called to see truly those who we are with and to truly listen to them. We are called to love as Joseph did so that others feel safe. Amen. And Amanda, our scripture readings today is uh, from Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. Yeah, so the Beatitudes, we know those, so I'll just briefly go over them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous sake. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Amanda. What stood out for me right away um, from Father Toop's uh, reflection was uh, this line, Joseph's emotional and spiritual maturity led him to be present to the present moment. The maturity, I mean, is, uh, I don't know, for some guys, maybe it takes longer than others, right? And, uh, Unlike aging, you know, one way to look at maturity is just getting older, Mm -hmm. right? But this isn't just something that happens chronologically, right? Mm -hmm. Especially the emotional and spiritual maturity is something that requires effort and discipline and commitment. Um, And then that, that present to the present moment. Is, is really a fruit, so to speak, of, of that maturity. It, to be comfortable, to be strong in who I am as a man allows me to be present in the present moment to those that are around me. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I love the fact that they bring in the Beatitudes because I think we get the wrong understanding of meekness, right? The meek, um, the Romans would meek a horse, so that was how they would break a horse. Mm. So the, the horses were so powerful in war, they would trample on people. And so they had to meek it. They had to show, show it that it could control that power. And so when we look on the cross, we see Jesus as this incredible power. All he would need to do is snap his fingers, right? But he's controlling that power, right? And in the same way, that's that maturity of what, we're all works in progress for, um, as men is trying to say, okay, I need to control that and, and be present for my wife, no matter what the day was like and how many people I had, you know, talked to me and how exhausted I am maybe from listening to people. Now it's time to listen to the most important person in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, controlling that I think is, is huge. 
there was a line in, in morning prayer this morning from First uh, Samuel chapter 2, which I was able to spend a little bit of time with. It, it, the, the line is, for not by strength does man prevail. Mm-hmm. And that calls to mind that meekness, <clears throat> or actually understanding what strength is. Uh, and I think, again, sometimes I've confused strength with power. And, and exerting power or influence rather than having an inner strength. Right. Which comes yeah. back around to the meekness and and having that self-awareness also. Um, it's by that strength that we prevail. It's not the outward things, financial stability or, um, a, uh, you know, affluence or business acumen, mm-hmm. uh, which so many, I think, uh, men especially get wrapped up in. And, and what Father said about people feeling safe, right? I think that's one of our biggest misses. Um, to your point of, yeah, you can have all this business acumen and you can be incredibly, you know, have PhDs and all sorts of stuff, but if you don't make people feel safe, they're not going to listen, right? Or they're not going to feel heard, and so they're going to shut down. And, and I think how many relationships really fall apart because they're taken for granted. Right. The other person like, oh, you know, I'll listen to them later. Um, obviously, you know, she's just got to say her thing or I've got to say my thing. And and people don't really listen and let them feel safe being heard. Then that that separation starts happening in the relationship. Deacon Doug, actually, that was part of my reflection. I was really struck in the book where it says um, safe requires strength. And I was initially struck by that because. Oh, I wouldn't typically put those two things mm-hmm. together, but when you're talking about this strength of inner maturity, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I would, I would gather to think most people don't think that their spouse needs to feel safe or their children need to feel safe in the conversation, you know, and some of that right works in progress. I've learned the hard way with my adult children. Uh, one of them moved to South Florida and they were telling me all these things they're doing. And I'm like, you did what? What? Why did you do that? And I noticed our conversation started getting shorter and shorter <laughs> and shorter. And he's like, got to go, dad. And then finally I was like, man, you, you got to shut up and just listen. Right. Mm. And all of a sudden when I did that, the conversation started to get longer. Right. So just wasn't letting him feel safe, making those decisions that he's got to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. I was actually listening to uh, Matt Frad's podcast the other day, and he said, I would like to have every once in a while just a day where my kids could tell me absolutely anything. Like they could have stolen a bike and set it on fire, and they could tell me, and there will be absolutely no consequences. Because <laughs> he's he, he wants to cultivate this idea of you can feel safe coming to me, um, and I will love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, there's... Um my brother actually taught me to do daddy dates. And so daddy dates are when you have a lot of kids, um, try and get one of them away, even if it's just for coffee or for ice cream or hot cocoa when we celebrate these days, um, and just say, okay, this is your time and you can tell me anything in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And then as a dad, you sit there and go, oh my God, what are they gonna say, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is you'd rather them learn from you than from Google, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or from their friends. And so getting that time away with them and the conversations go all over the place. It's, it's really wild. Uh, the, the part of the reflection that stood out to me is Father Mark writes about that a man must conquer himself before he seeks to conquer the world. 
and and I read that yesterday when I read the this reflection yesterday just to kind of get my bearings uh, before this morning and really have been chewing on it since then and re- like asking over and over in, in prayer and, and just kind of chewing on what does it mean to conquer oneself and I think that that meekness gets at it too but it's the it's the practicing of all those virtues and all those beatitudes that that new law that Jesus provides that he didn't come to abolish the old law but to fulfill it and then he proclaims this new law in the servant on the uh, the sermon on the mount of of blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are the meek blessed are the um those who hunger and thirst for righteousness right i think that gets to what saint joseph is too who saint joseph is mm. that he's a man who who is has conquered himself first mm. um and and i think when you meet different people in life it's really easy to tell whether or not a person has has matured in that process i i often like to say now granted i'm 25 i'm still in a process of maturing that that's probably worth saying we all but, are. yeah um yeah but there's not an age know. that you are <laughs> kind of reach it um but but i often say especially to my wife and i have a number of friends um who are single, who are female, who are looking for the right man to come into their life. And, and I'm often quoted to these um, women in, in my mind and my wife's life that there are a lot of boys in the world um, on our end who who just haven't like conquered themselves yet. And they're seeking to conquer everything around them. And yet there, there's something like inside them that almost feels two dimensional in many ways where it kind of falls flat and I'm like, you, there's, there needs to be a season of becoming of, mm. of like that growing and maturing that still needs to happen. And I know I went through that in my life, uh, post high school, I spent a year down in Nashville, Tennessee. And as much as it was like a missionary year, I was on a couple of different core teams that had youth groups on different nights of the week. We were in schools doing school ministry and stuff. There were just like a lot of moments I can remember just being really older brothered. Um, a good friend of mine and, and older brother of mine, Jimmy Mitchell. I can't like the number of conversations that Jimmy and I had during that year where he was just like, let, let me like, let's sit and process this thing really fast because because I can see you need to grow and I want to help you get there. Um, and I think that for St. Joseph, he, when we meet him in the Bible, he's already gone through this process of, of maturing, of becoming, and, and probably all the more recognized how much more he had to grow. Um, especially realizing I'm going to be the foster father of God, mm-hmm. you know, how much more maturing one needs. And and how he's just so amazing that he, there's no words, right? We We never record one word that this guy says. And yet, can we learn, especially as husbands, to say, shut up, <laughs> <You know? laughs> just listen, right? And, and how he listened to Mary. So I think that that's spot on. One of my favorite YouTube videos, and I think it's one that every guy should watch, is Nail in the Head. Oh, yes. Have you seen yes, this? Yes, that's a great one. <laughs> I have no context. Yes. <laughs> so it's a couple sitting on the couch and... The girl has a nail sticking out of her forehead. Okay. And she's just talking about, you know, how her head hurts and she's constantly snagging her sweater, you know, (laughs) and and just, just sharing all the pro, you know, the problems that would come with having a nail in, in your forehead. Right. 
and the guy just is like, I can fix it. You know, I, I, I can take care of this for you. She's like, you're not listening to me. Yes. <laughs> you know, so it, it, every guy should watch this because, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think we've all been in these situations where you just talk past each other. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's, you guys don't have uh, this issue of empathizing. You've met my wife. I'm sure. I'm sure she told you true stories of my failures. Come on now. But uh, yeah, it, it's just a yeah a wonderful uh, lesson uh, done yes. well about just yeah listen and and be present to the present moment and and see what's really going on with each other. I think the other thing from today that I'm um, where I've been touched is the um, the beauty. And what a gift it is to mature together mm. in a relationship and um, how important that is over the life of a relationship. And we've all encountered older married couples and you can tell how much they've grown together, but then there's a tenderness and when they talk back and look back on their lives together, <laughs> There's a sentimentality and um, a nostalgia that's there, but there's such more than just that nostalgia. There's a beauty in how they live where they are right and now. Kind of in that season of life that yeah, they're in today and they're versus taking care the other of seasons. each other. One spouse may be weaker than the other, and you know they're they're just caring for each other. And there's such that that is maturity. I, you know, I think that uh, that we can strive for. So that's kind of my takeaway. That's something I want to sit with today. Amanda, Cam, thoughts? I think for me, my takeaway from the Advent reflection is really just sitting down to recognize, even though there are many areas in my life where I have conquered myself, um, that I think the Lord has more for me there, where it's like, okay, where else can I? Where else can we, Lord, conquer me? Hmm. Can I quote you on that? That's good. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I think what stuck with me is at the end, it says we are all called to provide a safe space for others. Um, and I just started contemplating, you know, well, then I I really want to have a, a maternal heart, which whenever someone encounters me, am I a place of uh, rest nourishment and love um and 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 i also just i guess had a thought of well then the home should also be like mary's womb right where anyone who enters the home should feel like they're in a safe warm nurturing loving environment and so i take some of that for contemplation amen father i humbly ask that you teach me to be the person you have called me to be so that others feel safe in my presence. We're here in the St. Gabriel Cafe with Ryan Eberhart and Deacon Doug Iglesias. We'll continue the conversation in just a few minutes. Stay with us.
Let us pray for the elderly. Dear Lord, you have given a long life to some of our family and friends. The pilgrimage home to you is long and difficult. Please give our beloved elders the grace to stay close to you, the strength to help carry your cross in life's burdens, the wisdom to proclaim your loving kindness, and a grateful heart that radiates your joy. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of kindness is seen in St. Martin de Porres. He lived kindness heroically by expressing genuine concern for the well-being of others, anticipating their needs, Martin was a lay Dominican brother who did much of the hard manual work around the friary. He cared for the sick with great kindness, opened an orphanage for children and slaves. He especially cared for the sick and forgotten. Let us ask St. Martin de Porres to pray for us, that we too may grow in kindness. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn. We're so thrilled to have you with us here in the cafe this morning. We're continuing our conversation with Mary Beth's husband, Ryan. Good morning. Eberhardt. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? And Lisa's husband, Deacon Doug. Good morning again. <laughs> Welcome. So Lisa and Mary Beth are the hosts of The Visitation. We've been talking... Because they talk about you guys all the time, all the time, and thought it would be nice to have you guys in and, and just have a, a conversation, set the record straight. What was that radio show host that would do the rest of the story? This is the rest of the story. The rest of the story. Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. There yeah. you go. Yeah. No, they, um, I, I, I love how um, they honor you in, in, in their conversations. It's just, uh, it's just wonderful. And well, tell us a, for our cafe listeners that don't know you, Deacon Doug, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, I think we've been married for 31 years. I'll start there. Um, met my wife in youth group mm -hmm. and, uh, she just had a joy about her that I had never seen in my neighborhood, <coughs> in my school. And I was like, I want what she's drinking. And so, um, and so she just inspired me with my faith and still does today. Uh, she's an incredible mom and a credible wife, uh, incredible friend. And so um, we've had a really amazing life. When you talk about the seasons, right? We've had mm -hmm. incredible seasons of health scares and raising children and difficult times and jobs. But you know, walking that journey together has been amazing because the Lord has been part of that marriage from day one, right? Um, so that has been a blessing. Um, we have four kids. We have eight grandchildren, one in heaven. Um, so we are quite busy and um, 
you know, outside of a full-time job, I'm a, a deacon, permanent deacon for the Catholic Church. So I got to tell you, I'd love that. It's, it's mm-hmm. just uh, an awesome, humbling opportunity to minister to people at all stages of life, right? So, and what parish do you serve in? St. Brendan's. Nice. Yep. So, in yeah. Hilliard? Yep, absolutely. And got to know Ryan and his wife about 12 years ago, yeah, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And again, just inspiring people that you see that that there's something different, right? Um, something different in not only the way that they love the Lord, but that they love each other and that they love their children and that mm-hmm. passion. And then they love the community. You go over their house. I don't know if you've been there, but it's always just open to anybody who wants to come in and it's you know that safe space that you were just mentioning um that you can come and just be and uh, i remember very early on there was these three young adults that were there and i had gone on retreat with them and on the retreat they were saying what is one of the safest places that comes to your mind and peaceful places that they that comes to your mind and they said the eberhard house and i thought wow Wow. that's cool Mm -hmm. you know oh wow yeah yeah yeah. So apparently we're short timers because Mary Beth and I have only been married 26 years. Oh, so. hey now. So we'll have to catch up in, in time. Um, but it was beautiful listening to you speak about your wife because I have that, that same level of, of a sense of honoring and joy at, at, at you know, the reality of our marriage. I, you mentioned our home, and, and, and really it's my wife who has that, that um, charism of hospitality. So maybe, you know, we're talking about St. Joseph today, and it has been stretching for me, who's kind of more introverted, to have to say, okay, the Lord's given us this home and my wife these gifts, and in order for her to be able to use them, I have to be willing to not just step back, but I have to, like, let go. (laughs) So, you know, there have been times there have been 150 people in... (laughs) <laughs> our kitchen and living room and so on. I can on. believe that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I want to go find the, the the closet where we keep the washcloths and see if I can play hide-and-seek until everybody's <laughs> left. Um, but that doesn't work, right? And so that's, you know, that that's the time that there's sort of a, a profound deep breath and, uh, okay, Lord, I know you'll be here with me. And, you know, perhaps what I do is go and, turn over a dishwasher and then find somebody who's alone who also looks uncomfortable and say like, okay, I can go minister there. And so then together we've, we've made, we've let the, we've set the table for the Lord to then be present. Right. Cause, cause that, that was the, that's the distinction that I've learned. Um, being loved and loving this this woman who's my wife, right, is that we we aren't there to necessarily um, we're certainly not there to show off, or but we're there to to do something that softens the heart so that the that the Lord can be present through how we open our home, right? And so like there's that that gift and um, but it's taken a lot of a lot of a lot of years to kind of soften me in that way because, Mm. um, you know, I, I, as a, I I grew up in the Columbus area, right? So this has always been my home. So maybe that's another, another thing. You know, my wife grew up in the Syracuse area and eventually came here and now she's the, the, 
the, the hugest Ohioan in the world. She's made my people her people to the point where you can't tell. Like I, I look like the, the foreigner, so to speak, <laughs> um, compared to her. And uh, again, that, that's her heart. Um, I think you hide all this very well because when you go over your house, you don't see any of that. Yeah, well, that's true. But you, there's an important thing. You know, we, we were talking today about like how to prepare the kids for Christmas. And I, what I was actually thinking about was something slightly different, but I think it, it relates to this. Mm-hmm. Is, so we're going to this um, pen and service tomorrow, right? And so I know everybody out there is a huge fan of confession, Lord willing. But, it, you know, kind of this is my confession to you, not not any of my sins, but... Every single time I go to confession, I have like this huge panic attack that I'm going to go in and the priest is going to be like, oh, you again, right? And I, I can feel that every single time. And yet every time I go to confession, then it's like, it doesn't matter if it's, it's whatever time of night it is, there's going to be light behind the rose win- window in the chapel, mm-hmm. right? Every single time. I have that profound sense of relief and of joy. Like every time, this is what happens to me emotionally every time. Well, I've been spending some time this week and tomorrow, like actually having that conversation with my kids, right? Like, do they know that that's how I feel? Mm-hmm. Cause it's probably how they feel. Sure. Or maybe they feel a little differently, but, um, part of what I was thinking about as, as we were coming here was like being willing to say that to my kids or to my wife, that's the sort of like denying of myself or maturity that, that I need to be the dad that God wants me to be. Would you um, say that, that that's maturity and being vulnerable? Like yeah. that, that strength of being vulnerable to your children? Yeah. Because the, 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 the natural way would be to, you know, power through it, I'm drink, drink enough coffee and, uh, or, or, you know, whatever beverage and, and put on the right face externally. And, you know, maybe there's a time for that. Maybe there is, but like, do my kids know that that was hard for me too? Do they know? Because... There is something like you can be strong if if you know that everybody else around you is supporting you and is feeling some of the same ways. You don't, you don't feel as broken if you know that those around you are just as scared, just as nervous, and they're going to be there behind you and that that you being there with them matters. Right. So, and, and how appropriate that we look at Advent, which is this time. And kind of like you were saying, Kim, what was, I want to quote you on that, like fix, uh, say it again about me. How do I change me or to, to conquer me? So Lord, um, can we conquer me? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and and starting there with, with me. And that's what Ryan's showing to his kids, right. Is saying, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I'm a good guy. I love my wife. I work hard. I do all these right things, Mm -hmm. but that's not it. I need to continue to say, where else do I change? And, and confession is, one of those areas of taking a hard, honest look at myself and saying, this does need to change. And so let me bring that to the Lord. So that's a huge example to your kids. Ryan Eberhardt, Deacon Doug Iglesias. 
This is this is like sitting into the uh, in the guy's version of the visitation. Yeah, Amanda yeah. and I are just kind of sitting back. I love it so you much. You guys are so good. You're saying we you talk too much. Are, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. But it, it, it really is. Yeah. God bless you guys. Um, going into a penance service. Yeah. Multiple priests. Do you pick the priest or the shortest line? Yes. <laughs> yes. Deacon? I tell you, I have changed my whole view of confession. Because that is a choice. That's a decision point, right? Mm-hmm. I like to go to someone who knows me mm-hmm. and knows I'm a deacon because I want them to know this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. All right? And so hold me to a higher standard. And boy, get weak in the knees because, man, I'm gonna, um, you're going to see me again, right? <laughs> you're going to see me out on the altar or you're going to see me working somewhere in, in ministry. So let me be brutal, brutally honest with you. Okay. And I feel like that just really Those shakes me Those are the best. Up. Yeah. That takes so much courage. Yeah. Well. And it's humbling. It's very humbling. You might not might know this guy, Father Sizemore. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's my, good. He's the one Fantastic. that I like to throw everything on. Yeah. Well, we're, we, we've talked a bit about uh, emotional and spiritual maturity. I, I learned I, I needed somebody uh, to be that role model, uh, to be that mentor, um, because I, I looked for mentorship and role models in very worldly ways, mm. um, business mentors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, specifically. What, what's your experience there, um, just with the role models to help you mature? Because, Cam, you mentioned we were surrounded by boys, right? and I was a boy for a real long time. I'm still boyish in all in a lot of ways, but thank God I, I've had men come into my life to really show me um, how how to be a man, how to be a godly man. Um, who are, who are those guys in your lives? Well, I, I mean, I'm sitting next to Deacon oh, Doug please. right here, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, boy, that's a great question. Well, but I mean, the spiritual friendship. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Amen. You don't have to have that role model up on a pedestal or, you know, just somebody that you aspire to from a distance, but having good friendships is key. So, I, well, I, 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 a lot of the really good friendships I, I found, you know, it's, you know, you mentioned that we met like 12 years ago. Well, part of, part of that, that formation was a, that man is you group that was going on mm-hmm. in our parish. And, you know, so we would meet once a week and we would pray and we would listen to maybe some video series and then there'd be some talk. So there were some things to kind of give a skeleton to the conversation, which honestly, a lot of guys really appreciated because to just sit down and talk openly like we are here is, you know, frankly, would have been hard for me mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and maybe some of the folks listening, that would be hard for you. So Sure. Uh, that that level of support, but then what you quickly find is that there's a whole lot of men who want to mature, and a lot of men who've had experiences that have matured them, mm-hmm. and then that that mm-hmm. experience can help can help others, right? So like some of you know the the conversations and the friendships that came out of groups like that have have persisted, and then you know, quite frankly, some of the things that happened you know, after my marriage and in my children's lives helped mature. And maybe that can be 
that can be the fruits of those things in my life could can help me help others right so it's i like that insight mix, too right? it's like, just it's just not people it's experiences that uh, mm -hmm. can mature us i i gotta say i think we're all like chameleons to a, a, re, a realistic perspective <clears throat> right those you hang around you're going to pick up their characteristics and i think at one point i was in a, a business world where um the success the successful people all had trophy wives and had yeah. which means their second or third wife with all sorts of plastic surgery and and uh, i remember lisa and i went to a christmas party one day and she said oh, she introduced herself as i'm his trophy wife <laughs> <laughs> and it was well, great like you know it was, it was awesome um we're laughing with you yes lisa, absolutely. If, if you happen to be listening but the reality is i didn't i, I was starting to pick up those traits right and i was yeah. i was getting caught in the world oh my gosh yeah and it got very quickly um to say okay I want to be very specific and um, uh, I, I want to choose those characteristics that I want to have, right? And, and part of it I learned from Lisa. I don't know if she ever shared the story, um, but she was a nurse and at one point she came home and said, I'm dropping all my friends. And I was like, okay, what happened? You know, tell me. And she said, they all hate their husbands. They all talk about how terrible their husbands are. And I start coming home and I'm looking at you and going, oh, I don't like that. And I don't like that. And I don't like that. Mm. And I don't want to think that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then it started to say, I got to start looking at who am I hanging around with and what perspective am I picking up? And I got to tell you, through the business world, I have met some amazing people that we've become great friends. Um, but to me, the criteria is like Ryan. They got to love their wife. Mm -hmm. They got to have a, a value of work, right? Um, they have to have this, like, I, I know that I need to provide for my family. They want to be a loving dad. They want to be healthy, right? Um, so if you're drinking and uh, putting yourself away every night, that's going to be something I'm going to pick up. I don't want to pick up that, that attribute. And you got to love God. And if I can get those things, then at least that's going to keep me on course. So I want to draw close to those people and 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 uh, be a chameleon to that, right? And 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 it's not only avoiding bad behaviors, but it, it's putting those good behaviors in the right order. Mm -hmm. and, and that that was more of of my problem when um, when we lived in Chicago, uh, and and Carol and I started having a family. All I mean, all good things. We were you know, we were building a life together. In, in the right ways, but things were out of order. And we both came to the understanding that we weren't able to have the life that we really wanted to have with two hour commutes mm. with incredibly long hours. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just wasn't going to work there. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of like then going into Egypt. You know, we, yeah. we came back to central Ohio right. that gave us this uh, environment that we could put things in the right order. Yeah, I mean, to, to uh, uh, an example, something that Ryan said one day that I just has stuck with me, but he said, my wife is the most fascinating woman I know. Mm -hmm. I want to think that way about my wife, right? And, and be able to verbalize it. Cause I do think like that, honey. Um, <laughs> but, but, but the way that he said it and that it was just like kind of rolled off his tongue, like he was just talking about, you know, 
yeah. whatever's tomorrow, you know. Um, and to me, I have, I, I want to, to emulate that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we can learn from those people. Ryan Eberhardt, Deacon Doug Iglesias in the St. Gabriel Cafe with us this morning. Amanda, you've been eavesdropping. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy to. I'm just so enjoying the conversation. I just feel so blessed to be around good men. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I do. You didn't hear about the confession part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but that that's what makes a good man, mm. right? He, he is willing to humble himself and acknowledge his faults and ask for forgiveness. And I, that's part of that um, spiritual maturity, right? So even that I'm blessed by. What have been some uh, relationships, uh, friendships that you've had, Doug, that uh, that helped you mature? Uh, besides uh, this guy? Outside of Lisa. Well, yeah. you oh, can okay. include Ryan yeah, yeah, also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I would say there was one gentleman who um, had a, a, just, he was a customer, and we became really good friends, and I just loved the way he loved his wife and his kids, and he was, uh, he owned his own business, and we ended up becoming fishing buddies and then we did a couple of endurance sports together and the whole time we'd be cycling let's say 20 miles 30 miles we'd be talking about our faith talking about our family and um i went to his he had a little farm in homestead which is like 20 30 miles south of miami florida and he built a chapel and i was like you built this like and in the chapel were stained glass windows of his journey from Cuba because he was a, a refugee. And so his journey of his family and then his kids growing up and, oh my gosh. and, and just like, you just like get teary eyed. Like this is so much love for his friend. I want that. Right. I want, I want that. To, I want to be like that. Right. So that was a good example. And we're still friends today, even though I'm in Ohio. Um, another good friend from young adults, um, a guy named Greg Welch, he's a six foot five Trinidadian. Um, but he still, after 30 years, right, we still touch base every time I go down to Miami, we'll catch up. But I can call him up and go, hey, I'm struggling this in my marriage, or I'm struggling with this with my kid. And he'd be like, Doug, you got too fast, man. You know? <laughs> um, but he, he encourages me. Right. Yeah. And, and holds me accountable too. And I think that's a part of friendship too, that I think Ryan and I've got new experiences. We can hold each other accountable and be like, you know, what, what do you think about this? And well, you know, maybe that's part of your life that's got to go away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you got to work on that. I, I, I love that image of the chapel and putting in stained glass windows to honor those in your life. And just mm-hmm. thinking of, boy, if I were to do that, what would I put, you know, mm. in, in the window? Some Good of them are question. very, very obvious, but you know, I think some of the things that rise to the level of being stained glass really shouldn't be put into stained glass. Mm. So, see, because I've got again, I've got confession in my mind. I'm wondering if if we would all be brave enough to put a stained glass window that showed yourself at a low moment mm. or in a moment mm. that you knew emphasized some sin that had been part of your life and sure. and those most especially the lord but also you know our friends who came and pulled us up that, that mercy right mm. that's right, beautiful we, could that 
could you put that stained glass window and what what time would that be Mm. Nothing you have to answer. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, here you go. That's, now, what, uh, that's why I love Ryan. Deep thoughts by Ryan. No, that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. Ryan Eberhardt, Deacon Doug Iglesias here in the cafe with us T- to stay with the uh, the chapel um, imagery. Man, I, I hope that the chapel I build today is different from the chapel I would have mm-hmm. built, you know, when I was 25, Cam. Um, yeah. and, and then even look, you know, into the future if somebody were to build a chapel Mm -hmm. i'm going to challenge you on that though yeah because that season at 25 was part of who you are today absolutely so so i don't want to discard that well but my my yeah my point is i hope it isn't exactly the same i I hope there's a maturity there right right. yeah and i hope that after i'm gone Mm -hmm. if you know somebody builds Mm -hmm. a chapel in my honor, yeah, which they won't, but you know, if, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll stay, you know, in, in this, uh, with this image, what, what would that chapel, what would they say looked most important to Dave? Mm. Yeah. Part of the, um, book seven habits of highly effective people. One of the, my favorite lines in it is our questions is to begin with the, the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And so he challenges the reader to say, you walk into a room there's flowers, it's a packed room, and there's six people standing up at a podium, and there's a coffin, and you're in the coffin. And what do you want those six people to say about you? The first one's your wife or your spouse, your best friend, mm-hmm. your neighbor, your coworker, right? Mm-hmm. And what are they going to say about you? And that really ends up developing kind of that mission statement of this is the person I want to be that chapel could be similar to that, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I, and, and how about the, you know, that waitress at the, mm-hmm. at the restaurant, you know, that I ate in or the, the clerk in the store, you know, right. what would they say about their encounter with, you know, each of us? Absolutely. So. Hmm. Ryan Eberhardt, Deacon Doug Iglesias here in the St. Gabriel cafe. Where, where do you want to take, take your families, uh, through this Advent season? We talked about the penance service and, um, I mean, what, what, what are your hopes as, as a, as a family, each of you, um, for this Advent and for this Christmas? I think for me, I feel like I've got that hourglass, right? That, that I'm watching this grain of sand go out. My, my youngest is 17. Um, he's the last one in the house. And so kind of Lisa and I are rediscovering our marriage kind of without all the children obligations and kind of falling in love all over again kind of thing. Um, but really treasuring that moment with him. So I, I, I get this thing of just taking for granted. We, we can't take anything for granted. And maybe it was a funeral I'd went to recently and it was a, a young younger mother who passed away and when the kids stood up to talk about the mom i swear they're talking about my wife mm-hmm. you know and i was just like i mm-hmm. I, can, I need to treasure this because she mm-hmm. might not be here tomorrow right? right um and the same thing with my son and and my other kids right is who knows what tomorrow brings but then with advent isn't it that that that's the whole thing with advent is let's take a season and go let's not take this for granted right 
Are we really preparing ourselves? What else needs to change about us so that we can be fully who God created us to be? So, so taking this kind of season in life and saying, let's, let's real live this authenticity, authentic, uh, I can't say it, uh, authentically, there you yes. go, authentically um, with each of those relationships, right? Taking none of it for granted with God, with our family, with our friends, with our children. That is really beautiful. I, you know, we're not quite there yet. Our, our youngest is 11. But um, because we do have kind of one off making his way as a young adult and three in college, uh, <laughs> when, when everyone's gone, we, we only have four at home, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it already feels really quiet. Mm-hmm. It really, really has has changed. And so, yeah, there's a... A gratitude. I think that, in the same way, like those who are off in college or, or grown, are realizing that we had something special at home, even as mm. you know they could see the things that you listeners on the radio don't know the things that don't always go as well as as maybe they should uh, uh, within our family life, um, but that there there has been this safe place uh, and being being kind of grateful for that and trying to to build that in their own lives. Um, but you're, you're like, yeah, you're not wrong. Mary Beth and I can see kind of that that finish line of like the the first round of parenting mm. is is not that many years away. And it's such a profound change. You know, we've been married 26 years, right? And and parents for, for 21, like the bulk of our marriage has mm. been in the thick of parenting, especially some years that, that were hard because of medical challenges or just having a lot of kids. And now that's going to change, you know, or, or maybe in the years it's, it's going to change. And so that's that, that yearning and that gratitude, both for what we have and for what's coming, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I want every year to be about and, mm-hmm. and this Advent included. So we, we've talked about through these uh, Advent reflections also about the absolute necessity to rely on God, you know, for this, that, that we can't do it on our own. Correct. And today's gospel reading also is one of my favorite passages. Uh, Jesus said to the crowds, come to me, all you who labor mm-hmm. and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. That makes I that, love that passage. It makes me so hungry for that, but I will tell you that, like, what is rest? <laughs> what, what, what is rest? Yeah. I, mm. I, know, I, I know I desire that. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, and um, I was speaking to my spiritual director last night, and we were talking specifically about morning prayer mm-hmm. and, and how I spend that first hour of my day. And my problem, one of my problems, is uh, turning that hour into a checklist of, of items. And... Um, you know, it's that productivity mindset mm-hmm. that, okay, I have an hour, I need to do these 
five or six things and um, it's not a productive hour. It's not a fruitful hour of prayer unless I make it through all of them. And that's not restful. And right. just that, you know, that's where I want to have rest is in that first hour of the day. And um, the direction was take some things off the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and, and, and don't measure that hour on, on making it all the way through the list. If, if morning prayer, the liturgy of the hours is going to be the anchor you know, the foundation of the day, spend 45 minutes, you know? And that's what I did this morning. I'd never, I spent 40 minutes on morning prayer and, and, and really, um, the, uh, words that came to me were the, you know, the through him, with him, in him. Mm -hmm. And I had this image of Jesus on, you know, sitting across from me often in morning prayer and, you know, I glance up and look at him and he's doing a, you know, a face, you know, palm, you know, and then he kind of looks up and, you know, it, it smiles, uh, but it, but it's like, am I just, am I just doing this, uh, and not including the Lord? Mm. And so that, that's maybe here nor there, but, but that rest element is mm. that that's where I need it to actually, if my day is going to be spent well in my relationships and work and everything else. I, I have to come from a point of rest. And that's what, that's what the scripture says to me. It makes me think of uh, mother Teresa. I forgot who there's a bunch of monks and they were starting to order and they said, well, you know, we're, we're, we've got all these things to do. And so we, we pray for an hour and then we, and she goes, good pray for two hours. Right. Mm. And they're like, are you kidding? Like we can't fit that into our day. And she's like, well, if you're going to do it right, you need that time. Right. And, and I think I'm the same way I, I go in with God and I'm like throwing up on him, you know, and he's like, okay, let me respond. Like, let me talk. Can I get a word in? Yeah. Can I get a word in? <laughs> exactly. So, so trying to quiet ourselves and, and allow ourselves to rest. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the challenges with parenting is you're on duty, right? There is yeah. no, like, let me check out for a second. You're on duty. So I think that's important for us to get on retreats too, and being able to go away. Uh, even with our spouse and just say, let us just be for a moment. And I know probably the first 20 years of having children, we would go away and be like, how's the kids? Should we call them? Should we, you know, it was really hard to disconnect in the same way and just be together with each other or be together with the Lord. Amanda? Yeah, I've just really enjoyed this this opportunity to be in the cafe with you all. I've I've heard a lot of spiritual maturity here, and I feel blessed by it. And there's some quotes that I wrote down from you all. Uh, Lord, help me um, to can we conquer me with me, and what what needs to change so that I can be who God has created me to be. And I saw a lot of strength through the vulnerability that you talked about in confession, humility, gratitude, love for your wives. So beautiful. Amen. Thanks Thanks for for being with us, friends, here in the cafe. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Deacon Doug. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be a world without end. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you all.